Welcome to What's on the Block, a podcast hosted by X4 Technology, getting answers to the biggest questions on blockchain and the metaverse. The virtual world has a global community of innovators, and we are here to tell you what they're up to. My name is Maxine Ewing, and I'm here with Avery Akineni to talk about how to launch a successful NFT program. Avery is the current president at Vayner NFT, which is a consultancy focused on helping the world's leading intellectual property owners navigate the world of Web3. She formerly worked at Google and most recently at VaynerMedia, where she launched their expansion into the Asia Pacific and took their team from zero to 150 heads. Avery, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So to start off, can you give us some criteria for how one would assess a successful NFT program? Absolutely. So I think there's not one definition of success for an NFT program, but there's several. And it depends on how you are looking at the NFT program's goals, long-term future, and um, overall sort of strategy. I think a couple of things that come to mind um, first for me when you think about a successful NFT program are community, perceived value, um, and also uh, longevity. So community is really the thing that underpins a successful NFT program. And having an active and engaged community of holders is imperative to sort of long-term success. A lot of people who are deep in the NFT space will be looking at metrics like floor price or volume of traded activity. But I think the thing that's most interesting to me is actually metrics like um, percent of unique holders, uh, which basically mean how many people are unique holders of the NFT. Also community retention, how long are people holding and how um, are they engaging with your community? And then um, thirdly, uh, what is, this is a little bit of a softer thing to measure, but what is the sort of sentiment of the holders? Are they proud holders? Are they changing their profile pictures to your awesome NFT? Are they engaging in your discord? Are they engaging on Twitter? Do you have really like advocates um, amongst your community, I think those are the things that I would look at for uh, success of an NFT program. So you you bring up floor price, and I think that one's actually really interesting. You know, many would define success by, well, is it worth a lot? Can, can you talk a little bit more about, you know, floor pl- price and what the price of an NFT signals, if anything, and you know why it might not be the best metric to define this long-term success of an NFT project. Yeah, and if you're talking to NFT and an NFT trader who's deep in the space and is really looking for sort of quick flip opportunities, the number one criteria they'll be looking at is floor price and um, act in trading activity. I think my perspective is a little bit different because I'm looking at this from sort of a long-term perspective. Floor price or sort of minimum buy-in for a specific project is a metric that um, helps uh, the community understand what is the perceived value of that NFT. Um, Often, uh, successful projects are minted out for a very low cost, and then that price appreciates in value. Whether that's CryptoPunks, which were free um, and have now risen to be one of the most expensive projects ever, or uh, brand projects that start off as free and appreciate... um, a lot of times actually starting with a low base can help drive up value over time and ensure that people are joining your community because they genuinely are interested in it. I think that's actually a huge sort of health signal. 
Um, on the flip side, we do see a number of projects that have a higher mint price. Um, you know, there was one recently where the mint price was three ETH, and that, of course, you know, drops over time. We see a lot of NFT programs that start off with a higher floor price actually drop over time um, because people are looking at this as more of a speculative investment than a true community they want to participate in. Um, but that sort of minimum viable entry point just serves as a as a metric that assesses the demand behind a specific project, um, which is, of course, uh, correlated with supply. So how many are available for sale or available to be listed? Today, a lot of this happens on marketplaces like OpenSea and LooksRare and Rarible and Coinbase NFT. But in the future, I think floor price will be uh, will, will continue to sort of vary across which marketplace you're actually shopping on. And there might be advantages to sort of buying on one versus another. But as of today, OpenSea uh, stats are really like the homepage for NFT traders and understanding what's happening in the market. You talk about, you know, to, you know, to simplify two approaches, right? High floor price, lower floor price to, again, to, you know, vastly simplify the conversation. That brings up, you know, something else we've talked about, which is like long-term thinking for an NFT project or short-term thinking where, you know, some projects don't really have a lot of longevity. People might make money off of them, but, you know, it doesn't become a community where you have long-term projects, like you said, CryptoPunks, et cetera. Regarding the space now, do you think that there are more long-term focused projects or short-term focused projects? What direction are we moving in? And I guess, what does that mean for the space? Yeah. So it's May 10th, 2022. And just because people might be listening to this in posterity and May 9th, which was yesterday, um, was a, a very tough day for the NFT markets where we saw a lot of, of price deflation and, you know, potentially signaling of an early bear market. I think the projects that are designed um, for that sort of quick flip opportunity are designed as these money-making schemes in the short run are the ones that are going to be uh, really hit when, you know, when things get chilly, when there's a bit of a bear market, um, when a lot of the hype cycle of NFTs has died down. I think those projects that were, um, you know, either designed as short-term money-making or flip opportunity, or, you know, haven't really thought through their roadmap, those are the ones that are going to be the most impacted in this kind of situation. On the flip side, and I think there's a lot of them. To answer your question, you know, if you look at the total number of NFTs listed for sale on OpenSea, um, well over 95% of them have never had a sale. There is so much supply of NFTs right now because we've been in this gold rush moment where people are making a ton of money. So they're creating a ton of things, creating a ton of supply, which is then, of course, flooding the market for low quality NFT programs that potentially don't have that long-term thinking behind them. Um, and on the flip side, I think there are going to be some real winners. There are some projects that are very, very compelling, long-term thinking um, created by real innovators, entrepreneurs, artists, operators who've done this many times over. Gary V, who's my boss and is the founder of the project, has long been discussing that VFriends IP development as a 40 plus year project and something he intends to develop over the rest of his life. And he started to show the market a few of what this looks like, whether it's putting um, you know, his gift goat character on a bottle of Johnny Walker or creating Uno cards or launching series two or doing a ton of really cool and innovative things. Gary's already done a lot to sort of show his early steps of thinking about this as a long-term and forever kind of a project. And I think in, in you know, when times get tough, that type of long-term thinking is really important to sort of show to the community and to holders and will really differentiate versus someone who, you know, decided to launch a project a couple months ago and is now uh, 
is now looking around of what's what's the next move when this sort of quick flip opportunity is over. And I don't think Gary is is alone in being one of these founders who's created something really impactful with a really special community and intention. Can talk about you know the Atom Bomb Squad, which is founded by Bobby and Ben. Um, they've been at building their brand for the last eighteen years, and I think one of their taglines um, for the Atom Bomb Squad is an NFT project eighteen years in the making, which really shows their commitment to building their community through NFTs and also beyond. So that's something else that I'd I'd really look out for. That kind of enters a whole other realm of the concept of hype, right? Because I wanted to ask you about you know, how can brands maximize NFT hype um, and how can they enter the space if they want to, should they enter? And I think before we even get into that conversation, we kind of have to define what's going on, right? So there is a lot of hype, Um, you know, just as a observer, I would notice that a lot of that hype seems to be correlated around prices for NFTs. Um, And then you see other projects like the one you just described, like yours, which is, much more of like a longevity, like I would, I would say, you know, it's not relying on hype, right? Of course not. Um, so I guess, firstly, what do you think the direction of the NFT space is moving in? Are we going to continue, you know, where it's generating hype, right? Like the, the reason people are engaging is because other people are engaging or, you know, would we see more of a maturity or, you know, is it, is it not a maturity? Is it just what it is? So I, I don't know. I absolutely understand what you're saying. I think we're at this interesting inflection point in NFTs where it's been um, just over a year since people's watershed sale of $69 million. That really woke people, which was last March, that really woke people up to, wow, NFTs can have value. That almost sparked this um, incredible hype cycle of people being really excited about NFTs, having a ton of trading volume, a ton of money um, that's been pouring into the space. And a lot of this has also been based on sort of the Ethereum cryptocurrencies appreciation. So in some ways, NFTs are really a leverage bet on Ethereum. So a lot of people have been playing in this space as, you know, in sort of speculative investment land, but an even larger number have been playing in this space because they're really interested in the future of what people are building in Web3. They're interested in being part of this creator economy. They're interested in being part of this, you know, first ability for users to actually own parts of their digital life and digital experience. So where I think NFTs are going is while the hype cycle in terms of pricing might cool down, I think we're about to see a massive broadening out of appeal of NFTs, both backed by utility and backed by platforms who are integrating NFTs into their offering for consumers. So whether it's Twitter or Snap or Meta, um, social platforms are building out ways to integrate NFTs into these platforms with, of course, their objective being to keep people on their own platforms for longer, engagement new ways, and have more of their sort of digital lives continue um, on those platforms. So I think we're going to see in the in the short term, prices come down in terms of average mint, in terms of average NFTs, um, but breadth of t- total user base coming way out as more and more people find use cases for NFTs, they can actually be interesting and useful as part of their digital life beyond just sort of digital collectibles, which we've seen um, We've seen a very hot market for digital collectibles, and there will certainly continue to be a market for that. But the future of NFTs, to me, is far more utility-based and actually sort of serving a purpose that's directly useful to a consumer's digital life. So, you know, now I think we can address that question of, you know, how can brands maximize NFT hype that might not already be in the space? You know, how can brands access this? 
Yeah. Well, the first thing I recommend every single brand do is spend time truly educating themselves on this space of what has worked, what hasn't worked, what on-chain means, what different blockchains are, whether that's from Flow to Ethereum to Tezos, understanding um, also how they can uniquely add value in this space. So I like to break it into like that first they need to educate themselves on like, what is an NFT? Why would someone want to buy these? what has worked to date, what are some of the um, OG classics and, and interesting things that they might need to know is almost their NFT history lesson. Then they need to think, how can they actually add value to this space? You mentioned hype cycle, and I don't think that's the right way for brands to think about NFTs. Um, if you are a traditional IP owner, whether you're a celebrity or you're a sports association or you're a consumer packaged goods brand, playing in the space of investment is not the place you want to play. What you want to play in is the space of connecting with your community in a new and compelling way. So whether that's a sponsorship that a brand might already have, can you give them instead of a, you know, Instead of a little tea towel at the game, can you give them a free NFT to commemorate the fact that they were there? Um, so whether it's a sponsorship and, and something like that, or a new way you can add value to an ambassador or celebrity partner, influencer partner, or a new way you can allow your community to connect with you digitally, new way to give them access to products or events or experiences or utility or access that they haven't had before. I think that's the right way for brands to think about it is really how they can add value and do something unique in the ecosystem versus trying to ride a hype cycle, um, which it's very, very tricky to time and is typically not the right format for brands to play in this space. So let's say a brand decides this is something they're going to do. You know, what would you say are the main risks that you see associated with launching an NFT program? I think the biggest risk for a traditional company um, and a traditional IP owner is brand and reputational risk. So um, brands want to be beloved by consumers. That's why you want to drink a certain type of water or use a certain detergent. It's all sort of brand building and creating this emotional connection um, between a consumer and a brand. So creating an experience that actually displeases consumers can be a negative thing that actually has brand risk and reputational risk. We have seen a number of brands play in this space without fully understanding it. And whether their smart contract gets hacked or their talents pull out of the deal, that can be a negative thing that can result in negative press um, across a more mainstream audience beyond just the group of, of NFT users. So I think those are the risks. Um, and then I'll add on one thing that I, I wouldn't say is a risk, but is a watch out. And the watch out is that NFTs are forever. This isn't like a tweet or a Facebook post that if you don't like it in six months, you can take it down. The blockchain lives on. And I think it's because of that, it's very important for brands to be thoughtful around their first steps into this space, because I believe that the consumer blockchain is going to change how people fundamentally use the internet. So having your first move be one that you're not very proud of is a potential risk. On that note, and finally... What advice would you give to people trying to navigate both the variety of NFT marketplaces and also what advice would you give you know, to any brands that are looking to dip their toes? Well, I think when you're navigating NFT marketplaces, the best way to navigate it is as a consumer. You can go and check out the experience that Dapper's built for NBA or NFL and go see what that feels like. Um, you can also go and look on Coinbase NFT and understand if that's something that resonates with you. You can go play on OpenSea and 
um, understand if, if that type of a more open uh, marketplace makes sense. Or you can go play on places like Nifty Gateway and Maker's Place and Super Rare and, and think if that sort of more curated NFT marketplace um, of fine art is the right place. So I think playing in each of these makes sense. And then understanding what your brand can uniquely add to that specific marketplace. I think there are so many different ways to participate in the NFT world also without necessarily needing to do a drop. Um, I encourage a lot of brands and a lot of the work that we do at Vayner NFT, whether it's with Bear Paints, partnering with Doodles or Johnny Walker, partnering with VFriends um, or you know, Anheuser Budweiser partnering with Tom Sachs or Nouns. I think collaborations can be a really effective tool for brands who are curious and want to learn about this space to play without sort of committing forever. Um, so that's another thing that I always recommend brands do before they start thinking about a drop. They need to really educate themselves, create that authentic community connection, and understand how they can add value before they go in for something like a drop. Because as you know, Maxine, Whenever there's a drop in the NFT world, there's huge expectations. And with those expectations comes responsibility. It comes long-term commitment. So I think it's not something for brands to take lightly. The way that I often speak to different IP owners is think about this as a very long-term game. We have a long time for this to play out. We have forever to win. So making sure each move is strategic and thoughtful and is not rushed, it's not trying to time the NFT hype cycle, but is rather aligned to a brand purpose and to um, IP that's being developed over time, that can be so much more meaningful and thoughtful than just trying to rush out and do something and launch an NFT. I, you know, I think my inbox is full of brand requests of wanting to drop an NFT here, there, or everywhere. And um, before you even get to that point, it's really important to understand where you're playing and understand how you can add value and, and also be welcomed in by the NFT community. That was Avery Akinini. Tune in next week to stay in the loop with What's on the Block.